you chip away at it. It is a long play. Like this is not gonna be, you write a letter to the city council and we're done. You need to take action locally because you need to show up at your city commissioner meetings. And they will say that this technology is completely safe according to FCC standards. And that statement is so false, CEO or you know head person, he has gone ahead and said, we don't have time for safety standards. We are going to be leaders in this. They don't care about these individual people. That's, that's called collateral damage for them. What they're thinking about is world power, Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw, and welcome back to the Vibe Show. Today I'm doing most of an interview that I did for our upcoming summit that's going to air in the beginning of August Okay, and we're going to talk about all the things that you're scratching your head about, about what the heck just happened to us. What is happening to us every day? So I'm going to the top leading experts who have the intel on what's going on, or at least have more pieces to help us put it together. People like me who are pretty much studying this full time. So today I am interviewing Zen Honeycutt. She is head of Moms Across America, and she's one of those people who just does it all, right? She seems to, you know, dive in and be an advocate in a lot of different ways. She's highly articulate on the subject of organizing in your community to stop the 5G rollout, especially you don't want one of those receivers constantly emitting like 12 feet away from your front window. For instance, this is happening to people all across America. And she touches very briefly, listen for it in the in the interview on people who've had to move out of their house and people who once the rollout is complete find it a lot harder to get their their city to stop the rollout. There have been towns like Los Altos who have been successful in stopping telecom from the rollout and guess what? Telecom has not sued them. You're going to learn some really interesting things in this interview about how, for instance, if they ever sued a city, all they could sue them for was the permit fee, which is nothing, right? They can't sue the city for their investment in all of this infrastructure when all of a sudden the cancer, you know, rate goes through the roof. So there's some really good news in this. And I know that you could, you could use some good news. Now we are at Green Smoothie Girl launching a new website. And the reason is it's for advocacy. It's for you to take action. It's for you to be able to speak up without having to do a bunch of homework. Rather than having to listen to all this and go figure out who your city councilmen are and figure out how to write an articulate letter on the issue of 5G in your town, we are building a software where you can literally tell us. In So you give us your email address and your name. You give us your zip code. And boom, you've got a letter right in front of you. And I'm going to, I'm going to read one to you at the end. I'm going to read you one of the five letters I've written that you can just send to your city councilman that is, that shows that you're really educated about this subject. You click your mouse once and it sends it to every single one of your city councilmen saying, not only here are some websites you can go to, to learn about all the studies on the massive harm to human health and plant and animal life of EMF, but also in a nice but pointed way, you tell them, I will hold you accountable for the harm to our families. I think this is going to work. 
Okay, nobody's done this before, but I think this is going to work to be able to get out there and speak up and get your friends to do it. Okay, so when you send this letter, then the next thing you want to do is have your friends also send a letter to the city council. This will, in a quantum way, let city councilmen hear from you. Remember, they are your neighbors. Okay, these aren't fat cat telecom industry executives. These are your neighbors who ran for office and they're not even paid, but they did it because they care about the community. They wanted to be part of the decision-making process to make your community a healthy, happy place to raise our families and live in peace, right? So they don't want to 3X. They don't want to have a hand in 3Xing people's cancer risk. That's not what they signed on to the city council to do. But you have to speak up because guess what? They don't know. So make sure you go to the website. It is takeactionforfreedom.com. Takeactionforfreedom.com. You can then be part of action takers. And that's what we're looking for. You know, I have this big growing group on Facebook. It grows by a thousand every other day. And I love it. And we are really getting educated there. We're getting a lot of people awakened and that's exciting. But the thing that I've been frustrated with is I would like people to not just get awakened, but also take action. So stay tuned on takeactionforfreedom.com. And we will, when we have high powered ways that you can quickly and easily speak up, make your voice heard, be counted as not wanting mandatory contact tracing. You don't, maybe you don't want your tax dollars paying for contact tracing who stalk you and go to everybody you've ever had any connection to in the last two weeks and make them quit, you know, stay home from their job and possibly lose their job to be in quarantine. That's what contact tracing is. That's what contact tracing is. And, and there's some loopholes in that. That's another thing we're building right now is how you can say no to HR 6666 that has really scary loopholes, you know, and what we're concerned about is that they will, with those loopholes later say, we're going to pay off the churches, the schools, the medical facilities so that they accept a bunch of federal dollars, which are yours, your tax dollars. They accept a bunch of dollars to say, we'll never let any unchipped, untracked, unvaccinated person through our doors. Wouldn't that be terrible if that happened? So we need to speak up. We need to tell our legislators, I'm not going to vote for you next time if you allow this to happen. They have to hear that from you. If all they get is silence, because these, these issues are big, because it's really hard to go write an email about it. If all they get is silence, guess what? They're going to do whatever they want. They don't know how to represent you. They're just going to go with whatever the political pressure is. And there is a lot of political pressure on them uh, from a certain party in our government to initiate putting everybody on welfare. Pretty much every business and every person in America is on welfare right now. There's a lot of pressure on them to fund this contact tracing. It's already rolling out. It's already rolling out in some states. Today, it's rolling out in Washington state. Washington state is one of the most socialist states of the 50. Um, it's rolling out in California. I'm sure you saw millions and millions of people saw a little press conference by a health department official in Ventura, California, where he said, we're initiating contact tracing and we'll remove people from your home. Don't worry, it'll be compassionately. Don't worry, it'll be compassionately when we take your six-year-old from you because she has a sniffle. 
So we need to be part of standing up to this. And so what we're doing is flattening the learning curve to make it very, very easy for you to register your wishes to the people that you elected. So with that, we'll get started with a truly amazing, worth the listen. I know it's long. Just put me on 1.5x. She and I both speak pretty quickly anyways, but you can always go listen again. Put us on 1.5x. It's worth it to stay on till the very end where I'm going to read one of the letters that you can choose to send um, to your elected official about 5G. When we get it built out, when we get it built out, we're working on it. We're working long hours to get this thing ready to go because we care about you being able to speak up before there's millions of dollars of infrastructure in your town is a lot harder to get rid of. So make sure you go to takeactionforfreedom.com. And of course, that is in the show notes as well, takeactionforfreedom.com. And now I'm going to introduce you to the amazing Zen Honeycutt. So welcome to the show, Zen Honeycutt. Thank you so much, Robin. Great to be here with you and all of your viewers. Thanks. Why do you have such an amazing name? Is that just lucky? Like... Did you make that up and change it later? I have awesome parents. My parents named my brother Dao, T-A-O, my sister Chi, C-H-I, and myself Zen. So we're Dao, Zen, and Chi. My parents were married in the 60s. Yeah, I was going to say that's so hippie and cool. But they swear they weren't hippies, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's my real name. And Honeycutt is my married name. Wow. So then you, then you just married someone with a cool name to put with your equally cool first name. Well... <laughs> Because I was like, there's no way that's her name. It's too cool. <laughs> it is my real name. So I love your work on getting people organized about 5G. We probably better start at the beginning, though. I think a lot of people are really confused about 5G. And they've probably heard some folks who've had exposure to the message of the telecom industry saying, hey, 5G is no big deal. These are shortwave frequencies you know, it's actually better for you than probably 3G and 4G. Um, but we're all hearing about it. It's getting rolled out. It's getting rolled out very quickly. Uh, what's what's really going on here? And why are you so concerned for the sake of your family and your community and, and all of us really uh, with the rollout of 5G? Yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned. And I'm so glad that you're addressing this. At Moms Across America, our mission is to educate and empower mothers and others with actions and solutions to create healthy communities. And to be honest, I didn't want to believe that 5G or EMFs could impact our health in any way. I love my laptop. I'm on my laptop all the time. I'm on my cell phone. You know, my kids are. I didn't want to believe that this would be harmful, could be harmful at all. But I started to hear more and more and more from our supporters and from people that were being impacted and started to dive into it several months ago. And I was shocked to learn that there are thousands of studies showing that this type of radio frequency radiation is harmful. And they go, go back as far as 1906 with Marconi on an island tested uh, radio frequency radiation on bees. And you know I, I don't remember the exact time frame, but within a very short period of time, they were all either dead or had disappeared. And so they've known for a long type, time that this type of radiation can impact not only uh, bees, but birds and frogs and human beings. And you know, one of the quick stats is that within 1,500 feet of a cell tower, there's a 300% increase of cancer rates, and especially children and especially leukemia. And this type of information, surprise, surprise, just like pesticides right, and GMOs, has been squashed and hidden from, from the majority of the public for decades now. 
And so I'm very concerned that the rollout of 5G is going to e pretty much immediately begin to impact people. And that's what we're hearing. We're getting phone calls um, every single, almost every day, every week from multiple people, emails saying that they just put a pole up outside of my home and my kids are now having nosebleeds. They're having behavioral issues. I have constant headaches. What do we do? And it, it's urgent. So I'm very glad you're addressing this because we need to get in front of that. We need to do something before these facilities are being put up. So right about the time that I heard your podcast episode on this subject of, you know, how to organize locally, I was in process of with my colleague, Ryan Sternagel, um, whose son was diagnosed with stage four cancer when he was a year old, a neuroblastoma. We were starting to work on what we're going to do here locally. And so right about the time I reached out to you to be on our show, I learned that 10 towers had just been installed. So this is literally like two and a half weeks ago. 10 towers installed about a half a mile away on this golf clubhouse. So I live up above a, uh, a, a golf course. And so I've been kind of going into hyperdrive to learn more, figure out how we can stop it. And so I'm taking a bunch of actions that I, you know, while I'm going to stand up to Park City, uh, might as well help a whole bunch of other people stand up to it. But my biological dentist, her two adult sons who are science, science and business majors at uh, Brigham Young University, they, they have this little EMF testing business. And so since I moved to this house, I hadn't tested my house. So I had them come up and I paid them to look throughout my house. And, you know, I don't, I don't have the Wi-Fi turned on most of the time. I have talked my name. This is something to add to your, if you aren't already, if this isn't in your plans that you're teaching people about, this is something that I've done. I had already talked to all my neighbors and the way I started is, Hey, are you worried about the 5g thing? Because you know, there are so many, there's so many effects on children. All three of my neighbors that are near me have small children. Mm -hmm. And so I went to them in that vein, instead of like, Hey, I'm going to try to control what kind of wireless you sign up for. I went more like, are you concerned about this? Because you know, like there's so many documented health effects for kids like cancer risk, like their ability to pay attention, like attention deficit disorders, um, which all four of my children had. They're all adults now, but all four of them had it. And I think, you know, pretty late to the party to figure out it might have something to do with vaccines. It might have something to do with the 5G. You know, I, I had a very hard time talking my kids into turning it off at night. And, and if I had it to do over again, I've said this on my podcast before, if I had it to do over again when my kids were small, I would just do it then because trying to do it when they're teenagers is like impossible. Like you give me your cell phone at 9 p.m. And I give it back to you at, at whatever time um, for a variety of reasons, but their EMF exposure is one of those. I only heard that idea and thought about it when it was way too late. And I think two of them were even grown and gone from home. But anyway, so these EMF guys came and they tested my whole house then. And it was really good. Like it was really good. And, you know, I already had the filters plugged in from my old house where I had been tested. Guess what? My bedroom, my bed was super crazy high in EMF from wiring in the walls. And so, now, and, and the reason I reached out to them wasn't just, I had just heard your podcast and whatever. My partner was experiencing rashes, inability to sleep through the night, tinnitus, mm -hmm. and I'll think of it, but the fourth one, and I had just run across some kind of content. This is why, this is why all the content you guys listen to, including plugging into Zen's content, it's like, you'll pick up something that's like a, 
oh, you know, like maybe you listen to a bunch of stuff you already know, and then you get this this nugget. But he had all four of the symptoms. He has been, compl- oh, uh, racing heart. And I had read, I had heard all those four, and I was like, John has all four of those. We get it tested. The only hot spot in our house, and it was very high, is our bed. And so now we turn off, we turn off the breaker. So there's no electricity in our bedroom and bathroom all night. So, so talk a little bit about like, you know, your family and how you've been tested and like what you learned and have you seen any changes from, from what you've done in your home and kids behavior, focus in school? Yeah, absolutely. As soon as we begin to began to learn about this, we had a funder that donated this um, safe and sound pro two meter, which is apparently the best because it shows not just what's like the average, it shows peaks. So you can see the highest levels and then the low and then the average. And um, we, you know, measured around our house. We were freaked out when, a, when my son's cell phone was on playing a video, it was 2.5 million. It maxed out the uh, microwatts, right? It, it maxed it out. Ten, under 10 is supposed to be safe. Over 100 is considered harmful and dangerous. Are you talking about playing a video game on his phone? No, watching a video like on a YouTube oh. on his phone emits 2.5 million microwatts. Do, does he have a game system? How old is he? They, they also, yes, I have 17, 15 and 11 years old and 11 year olds. So we immediately, and the gaming system, the gaming console was very high. I think it was like 354,000 or something. Um, you know, walking around the house on average, it was, you know, 15 or 20 or 28 or something, you know, not super high, but over that threshold of 10 that you want to have it under 10. And so uh, we got hardwired. My husband went out and bought ethernet cable cords and adapters, cost maybe 40 bucks. And he ran these ethernet cords through the garage to their gaming console, drilled a hole in, in the, seat, the floor, put it up to our office. So now our laptop, I'm communicating with you right now in a hardwired you know, laptop. My cell phone, when I use it, it's hardwired. I turn it off or I put it on um, airplane mode otherwise. And so that these are some things that you can do right now that cost less than 40 bucks. Now, if you want to pay thousands for somebody to put the wires through your walls and make it look pretty, you can do that. But I didn't want to wait for that and yeah. can't really afford that right now. So we just buy the cables and we put them along the edge of the walls and, you know, up the stairs and make sure nobody's going to trip over them. And, and that's that, you know, you get hardwired. And I've noticed as soon, right away, I started going to sleep between 10 and 11, sometimes a little bit after 11 and waking up at 6.30 or 7 in the morning with no alarm clock sleeping straight through, having so much better sleep, so much more energy, and, um, you know, really just enjoying not being, having that radiation. I, and I used to have the chest um, compressions like <gasps> before bed almost every night, and I don't have that anymore. So it's, it's real that I think that really makes a big difference. And I'm, I'm hoping to also see improvements in memory, you know, in focus the more that I, I put those away and, you know, don't, don't use laptops and cell phones unless we're plugged in. And so my husband's also done that with the, the, the game room, the boys gaming room. And we just tell them if you're going to watch videos on your phone, you got to plug in, you got to be down there. And so the phone does not go up into their bedroom. You know, it's, they don't walk around the house with it all the time. I mean, they have it, but they have to turn it on airplane mode. So it's super important, especially when I saw the, the fertility stats, so the men that have a cell phone and put it in their pocket, but they turn it off first, or they don't carry their cell phone in their pocket, they on average have like a 12% um, you know, sperm uh, decline or you know, um, 
motility? Mot yeah, like to only 12% is bad or not, you know, not functioning properly. But oh. for men, but for men that do keep a cell phone on in their pocket, it's like 47% of their sperm is not working properly. And it used to be one out of 10 men in sperm banks had viable sperm. Now it's one out of a hundred. This is a really serious issue. So for people with, with boys, you know, that want to have grandchildren someday, uh, really important to get them to turn their phone off or hardwire and, um, and be very serious, especially about watching videos on their phones. That's when it's the, the most, you know, the highest levels. There's definite improvements and get, getting um, Ricola's book, uh, EMF, was very useful for my husband to wrap his head around the topic and to, you know, get into action. Really helpful. Yeah. When I uh, tested my last house, before I moved up to, here to Park City, I had uh, I made a, a sort of an EMF video masterclass with Dr. Libby Darnell. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's in Chicago and she flew in. And for the sake of this course, which is really nice for me personally, she went around with her very sophisticated, you know, meters that not, most of us wouldn't invest in. But it's kind of like what she does since she got really sick. She's a chiropractor in um, Chicago area. And she was so, so sick from running a biomeridian machine all day. But she didn't know that. She didn't know that was why. But she was doing it like 12 hours a day sometimes. And she went out. Somebody told her it was the middle of like a Chicago winter. They're like, go out and lay on the ground. And she went out and lay on the ground. It was the first time she felt fine for, felt good for months. And um, and she had, she had told her husband, like, I think the next thing that's going to happen is I actually lose my mind. Like, that's what it feels like I'm on the edge of. So she figured out it was EMF. She fixed it. So now she's super passionate about it. So she flies in. She measures my whole entire house. And Wi-Fi was bad. If the Wi-Fi was on, that's when I got really serious about it and I grounded my my computer. I uh, learned, learned about that because I don't understand things. And yeah, and to add in, you can turn your Wi-Fi off do you get hardwired. And that's, yeah, that's what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, here in Park City, I have to turn it on every once in a while because I literally can't get a signal, even though I have boosters. So you can see back there, I have a booster. Mm -hmm. I have one in the basement because otherwise we literally can't get signal with or without Wi-Fi on. Um, and, and we tested this and when, when we get close to it, the, the EMF was high, but like right here, sitting here, it's not a problem. Um, but I just wanted to mention, because you're talking about boys and gaming, cause gaming is just such an issue on so many different levels. Right. Mm -hmm. But when my son was the age of your oldest son, my youngest son was the age of your oldest 17 and Dr. Libby flew out and tested my whole house. The highest thing in the house was his gaming system plugged in, not even on it, pegged out her meter. Did you know that? No, I, I didn't. I didn't know that. I know that it was, it was high and then we hardwired it and it went down to more acceptable levels. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, because, because these consoles are a lot like, you know, some people's phones and stuff too. They're always sending out like Bluetooth, Bluetooth headsets. You put it, those little things you put in your ear. They're always, even if, even if you're not using them, they're always sending out signals, searching, searching, looking for, something. you know, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to get John to stop putting the thing in his ear because his tinnitus might not, it might be about not just be about sleeping in the bed with the high EMF that we now don't have. He's the one who said it. He's like, I wonder if it's cause I'm always listening to the whatever on the Bluetooth. Yeah. That's like putting a microwave in your ear and there's no, there's no, uh, skull there to prevent the damage going in through your, your, your um, ear, you know, your eardrum and your brain. Not a good idea. Yeah. Bluetooth are the one of the worst things that you can do. So, and then, and the other thing is people having their cell phone by their bed, even if it's off and plugged in, the dirty electricity from it being plugged in and charging at night by your head will also impact you. So it's much better to not have 
a cell phone in your room at all. You know, don't plug it in by your bed. I know it's very difficult to do that. One thing that I have done is if I use it a little bit, because I'm now in, uh, have the ethernet cord in there is um, I just turn it off completely and I unplug it and I don't charge it at night before, you know, while, while it's by me. And I also have, I'm just going to grab this. I have this uh, silver blanket that gets rid of the ethernet. So I actually drape this over the power cord that's by my bed that pl plugs, you know, that I plug stuff into so that it prevents the, you know, the radiation from coming up near my head and all that. Tell, tell me a little more about that. Tell me what it's called. And um, well, my husband got it on less EMF and it's a silver, it has, it has silver in it. It's a, it's a blanket. I'm sorry. I don't know. And you put it on your lap. You can put it, yeah, you can drape it over yourself. I mean, you could, yeah. I mean, you could do it on it. It's, it's quite big too. So you can use that for all kinds of things. And so that's for if like I'm sitting here exposed to all this, but it's also if you're, if you are sitting working on your laptop and you put it on your lap. Yeah. Well, I don't need to do that now because we're hardwired. I, I never use my laptop anymore without being, without it just being hardwired. So I'm, we're not getting that. I'm, I don't have the Wi-Fi coming back and forth to my laptop. And by the way, hardwiring is faster, safer, it's more reliable, it's more secure. Um, you don't have any lag. It's, you, you have no problems with it. So I would just suggest you get the cord. But I, I use that because there's electricity that comes out of your power cable cord, right? That's with the stuff that you're plugged into. And because I do have my laptop plugged in and my cell phone plugged into this power cord, the dirty electricity can also affect people. So I just cover it up with that silver blanket and I'm guessing it reduced. I should probably measure it. That's what probably what I'll do. I'll measure it and, um, you know, be able to have that reading to show that it's reducing the, the amount that we're being exposed to. So there's a lot that you can do. And so I would, I would just have people search for shielded ethernet cords and adapters and get those and plug those in and then turn off your Wi-Fi. Now turning off your Wi-Fi can be a little tricky because your provider, your internet provider doesn't want you to do that. So if you call them and ask them how to turn it off, sometimes they're a little complicated about it. My husband's a tech guy. He handled that. I'll have to get the details from him on exactly how he did that. But there is a place on your router where you can turn it down from five gigahertz down to 2.5. So at least do that. And then at least turn it off at night. And then if you can't figure out how to get them or to help you or for you to turn it off completely after you get hardwired, then for some people, what they suggest is just to buy a new router because your internet provider doesn't want you to turn it off. You know how when you search for um, Wi-Fi to connect with, you see all kinds of different people's addresses? Yeah, so they don't want yours to go away. They want it to show up because it, you know, they, I don't know if they're sharing it with people or what, but they, they want to be able to have it so that you have Wi-Fi on. And it's, it's a way for them to download information. I mean, Alexa wouldn't work without it, right? Our smart TVs don't work without it as well. Um, all, all of this whole smart grid that they're planning won't work without Wi-Fi. And so that's what they, they want you to keep that on. And I want to distinguish for your viewers the difference between the 5G T-Mobile that, that is being advertised and being, you know, they're saying that this is so great and the 5G smart grids that we're talking about. I hate using that word smart. So I usually just say 5G grids um, they're talking, there's a very big difference. The 5G for, from T-Mobile is simply an upgrade of 4G. And it does include 2, 3, 2G and 3G, by the way. <clears throat> so all the studies that are on 2, 3, 2G and 3G apply to 4G and 5G because you need to use all of those in order for the 5G millimeter waves to work. But for right now, we're really talking about an upgraded 4G. 
with this T-Mobile 5G, where they say it's everywhere. And that's not really the one we're talking about because those cell towers can be five miles away and it can still say 5G on your phone. What we're really talking about is the 5G smart grids that uses a 5G millimeter wave, which has to sort of ride on, it needs to be accompanied with the 4G. And those, those facilities need to be about 500 feet apart and they can put them like 12 feet outside of your house. And that's, that is extremely concerning because that close proximity and, um, and the difference of the 5G millimeter waves, which are different from 4G and can be more harmful, um, will be harmful to your families. I mean, there's just, there's no other way to say that. It will be harmful and it will be constant and you won't be able to turn it off and you will start seeing and feeling effects. Could be within hours, could be within days, um, might be weeks. There's a, there's a man in New York City that lived on a high-rise apartment or, or an upper-level apartment, and this is according to um, lawyer Andrew Campanelli, and he was right across from a small cell facility put on a, you know, a lamppost or a telephone pole or something, and uh, within two weeks, that ear facing the facility that he, where he slept in that room, that ear went deaf within two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been talking about, I started talking 13 years ago to my audience, you know, in the first year that I was on the internet, you know, because I'm kind of a grandma of internet blockers because that was a long time ago, um, about smart meters, if they're positioned wrong so that they triangulate in your bedroom. There were people who, like, I remember one notably, you know, their retina ruptured. And it turns out that their bedroom was just like the wrong place for three different smart meters to all the waves came together right here. Um, but so that's interesting. And I'm really glad you mentioned, I, I want to go back to it because I'm not sure people understand exactly what just happened there in this conversation. I have had so many people say, oh, we already have it. It shows on my phone. And, and I believe what Zen is saying, she can clarify for me, is that on your phone, when you look at what your options are for Wi-Fi, uh, here in Park City, when I moved here uh, like 20 months ago, it said one of my choices was 5G. And so people see that and they thought, oh, the, they think, oh, the 5G network is here. And I think what you're saying is, no, there could be like a tower a mile away. Because we have a tower, it's probably like two miles from here. And it's been there for the whole time that I've lived here. But you're saying that's sort of, that's marketing, right? Yes, exactly. That's a marketing it, tactic. That's not what we're talking about, where you could have, as I have to sit here and work 10 hours a day, 12 feet from here, you could have one of these receivers. Now, are they going to install it 12 feet from here? If I and my neighbors don't sign up for it, do you think they'll, they'll install it? If it's on city property, yes. Or if your homeowners association agrees to it, yes. And then their plan is to then later get you to sign up for it, right? So if you organized ahead of time saying that you don't want it, it's less likely that they'll, that they'll put it in. But they, they have that ability to put it in as long as they get a master license from the city, which is what they're trying to get so that they don't have to apply for each, you know, every single facility. But yes, the plan is to have a grid, meaning every 500 feet. So if there's a city of 100,000 people like mine, they're planning on 3,000 of these facilities. They'll put them either on 30-foot poles or they'll put them on existing lamp structures or telephone poles. They can, they can put them on uh, church steeples. They can, they can disguise them to look like they're practically not even there on lampposts. And with this dense deployment of these small cell, they call them small cell wireless telecommunication facilities, they will all then be able to talk to each other. And your refrigerator, if you have a smart refrigerator, 
will be able to notify your phone that you're out of milk because you've taken this milk out, right? And then when you're going past Walmart, they'll be able to say, don't forget to buy milk. And then when you take the milk out of the Walmart case, it'll know that you then purchased milk. So they want all of this, this communication to be happening so that they can gather your data. So I wanna be really clear that this technology is not just for you to be able to download a movie instead of two minutes, you know, down to like eight seconds or something. It's for them to upload your data. This is surveillance and, and I don't wanna scare people, but just as an example of why you don't want them to know that, as we head into what the UN, the UN is telling us will be famines of biblical proportions, as based on COVID, the whole reaction to COVID-19 worldwide, they were shutting down billions of people and locking them in their houses. And all these supply chains are breaking because m many people are now unemployed. Um, we don't want them to know how much food we buy because we don't want them with the, contract trace, the contact tracers rolling out to come to our house and say, you have too much food, give us some of it. Or when if there's if there's food rationing i'm and i'm sorry that this is scary but i just want to point out to people why you need to take action to do as much as you possible i don't care if we go to getting back a, get a burner phone and and we no longer you know we're not using a smartphone everywhere we go but this is the kind of thing that is that, that they will be capable of doing when they know everything that you buy as it is like they're you know i have i have read that the food manufacturers in these very complex supply chains are uploading this to some of these forces that are involved in in taking over the means of production in our economy. We Walmart already has a lot of this technology in their the refrigerator systems. They can tell how much is going in and how much is going out. Uh, Walgreens, I believe, is going to be signing up for this, so they'll be able to remind you to buy your get your prescription. They'll be able to know when you got your prescription. You know all of that. So all of this data, I want to point out also, is important to big data. It's important to all major corporations. So this is not just a problem with with telecom. This is an issue that's connected to big pharma, to, to big ag, right? To big oil, to all of these different technology companies, to retailers, Amazon and Google and Facebook, all of these companies are also going to be putting satellites up into our sky. You know, Starlink has already been approved to do this. They'll be putting up, I believe it's about 40,000 satellites. They've already gotten 12,000 approved. So these satellites are then gonna beam down um, to these pizza box shaped like satellites, uh, receivers, and then they will then connect to um, our, these you know, smart grids and cities and communicate with cars that are, they want them to be driver, you know, driverless cars. And um, all of this type of infrastructure, infrastructure that we have going on in our cities. And Do you have a picture of the pizza box looking receivers? What's that? Do you have a picture of the pizza box looking receivers? I don't, but Dr. Trevor Marshall, who's a PhD and we've interviewed before, um, has the information on that. So I would look at his website. I think it's just Trevor Marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L.com. Um, he has a lot of data. Since, since I moved up here to Park City, I have gone from being, and I'm like a 25 year 99% plus vegan. I have gone from having low iron in my blood my entire life to now having five times a normal limit of blood, which when I was interviewing Judy Mikovits, she said one of the effects of 5G is separating hemoglobin um, in, in the blood. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's why it's like the one unhealthy thing in my whole labs. I got all my labs done this year. Uh, just a couple of months ago, and my functional medicine practitioner and I sat there for 15 minutes trying to talk about trying to, you know, 
brainstorm about what could be causing this. Why have I been low iron my whole life? I've been rejected from giving blood for having low iron many times since college. Now you have high iron? Is that what you're saying? Now I have massively high iron, like borderline hemochromatosis high iron. And it turns out that is something that uh, high EMF exposure causes. And so, you know, it's just, it, it makes me that much more motivated. I got to figure this out. So actually tonight I'm going down to the Red Cross because it's finally reopened here in Utah. And hopefully they'll take, last time I did before they shut down, they um, refused to take my blood because my blood pressure is like 88 over 47 or some ridiculous thing. And they're like, no, we're not taking your blood. And I'm like, I just need the blood out of my arm. But will you talk about, so um, my employee, Helen, a couple of years ago was able to go to North Carolina and get out of the smart meter and have them uninstall the smart meter and give her a regular radio frequency meter that sends a signal once a month or once or twice a month rather than every couple of minutes, which is terrible. You don't want to have a smart meter in your house. She was able to go to them and say, here's a letter from my functional medicine doctor saying that, that this causes me health problems. And they not only came and took it and replaced it with the radio frequency meter, which you don't need to be really worried about, but they didn't charge her for it. Okay. Cause most places and people should know about that. So I'd love for you to talk about what actions you've heard of that people are taking or what you've done, you and your, your group that you mobilize have done to stand up to this. Yeah, normally they do charge you. And I did that at my last house. I got rid of the smart meter. They charged me $75 to take it out. And you want to ask for an analog meter, by the way, not a digital. The digital can still you know, emit uh, harmful radiation. So you want to ask for analog. Analog is where they analog is where they come and they look at it once a month, right? Yes, they have to come look at it. And so they charge you $10 a month for that too. So you know, it could be considered discriminatory, especially for low-income people with health issues. You know, I really I completely object to that. If you can get that to happen with your health issues with a letter from your doctor, kudos to you. I've had not heard of that, but that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I have heard of people, there's a woman uh, named Susie in Huntington Beach who had a, uh, a 5G, 4 slash 5G. So it's not just 5G, by the way, it's 4 slash 5G, right? Put up, um, but we just say 5G for brevity. But she had this this facility put up outside of her home. And before they put it up, she noticed the markings on the sidewalk and asked them. They told her what they were doing. So she had her house um, checked by a professional RF you know, engineer. And the levels were about a thousand in her house, microwatts. And then they put the pole up and then the, the guy came back, measured, and it was 8,500 in her bedroom and 10,000 in her living room. And when she went to sleep at night, her experience was that side of her arm, if it was you know, bare and out, felt like it, the skin was burning. So she had to get a screen, an aluminum screen, you know, like you put in your windows, but not plastic, the aluminum, and slept under three layers of that for three months while she begged her mayor to turn it off. She and her husband took the mayor out for dinner and like, like they just you know, constantly um, asked them to please turn it off and they eventually did but there's still 22 other poles up in, in Mission, I mean, in uh, Huntington Beach that the last I heard were still on. So it is very complicated to get them to turn it off. But if you have um, a, any symptoms, you know, headaches, tinnitus, nosebleeds, brain fog, like all that kind of stuff, it is so important to record that, to write it down. If you, if you can get a lawyer, please try to get a lawyer. There are lawyers that will do this for you know, reasonable rates. Um, but at least document it, go to your doctor, get a letter and file that. What, what it's called is you're filing a request for accommodation. So you want to ask your city for a form for the request of a, a, for accommodation. And you can do this anytime before the poll has been erected or after. 
any time and you can say, I'm requesting accommodation for electromagnetic sensitivity um, uh, reactions. And this is, uh, this is covered on the American, I believe it's covered under the American Disability Act, people who have uh, you know, sensitivities and reactions. And in many cases that can get them to turn the pole off or to not uh, erect it in the first place. So your health issues are important and can prevent the exposure, but you must be vocal, you must write it down. Uh, it's very important to also get a doctor to, you know, to support your, your endeavor. So you can do it, but sometimes it's not before you know, damage has been done. There, that woman also had a neighbor that sat outside under his porch even closer to the pole than she was because the pole was across the street from her. 65 feet away, he was right under, almost under, right under the pole. And uh, that man had a heart attack within those two months and died. And so we don't know that that's related, but he was much closer to that and it, you know, experienced, that's what happened to him. I'm, I'm going to go to my functional medicine practitioner who has been my hormone doctor for years and years. And I'm going to say, will you write me a letter to say that? And then I'm going to submit it to the city. And then I'm going to let everybody know about it. Like what happened? For now, for now, what I've got is I'm setting up for you to be able to, with one click, send an articulate, educated letter that you didn't even write. And it's not the same letter. I got a bunch of them. And, and tell your city council um, or, or county council uh, that you hold them accountable, you know, like it, it. But then but then this is a different thing, like get a request for accommodation and then they have to provide you the testing or is this after? No, no. So that you're requesting accommodation and the city must engage in meaningful discussion with you, meaning they must sit down with you and have a conversation. You're able to present your information to them. You're able to tell them of your hardship and keep in mind that that all, especially if you write things down, becomes legal record, right? It's public legal record. And so if they don't do anything about it, you then have a case to go back and sue if you, if you can take that on. Um, or that it could just stop them because they may be fearful of the lawsuits. And one thing I want to point out is that there are lawsuits coming. This, this yeah. is going to be happening. And the lawsuits that are going to be coming are going to be much more damaging to cities than the fear of the lawsuits that telecom keeps talking about that they can sue the city for if they don't approve these applications. And what they're saying is, oh, no, you have to follow the law. You can't, you can't deny our applications based on health or environmental issues. It's the FCC you know, guidelines or law that you must, you must allow us, you cannot deny us the ability to come in and do this. Well, the fact is, is that if they do sue, they can only sue for the permit. They can't sue for damages. They can't sue for lawyer's fees. They can't sue for any kind of monetary thing. So it really is a paper tiger, right? They're, they're acting big and scary, but they really aren't. So you could say, you know what, fine, go ahead and sue then. It will just be, you know, instead of right here approving this application right now and going against the wishes of our residents, because by the way, there's no residents at any city council meeting that's saying, yeah, we want 5G. We want to be radiated 24 hours a day. No, there's no residents there. It's only the companies, right? The residents that are there are objecting to this. So if your city council goes ahead and approves it against the wishes of their, the residents, then they're putting themselves in a place for lawsuits, right? But if they deny it and then they have to go to court and a judge actually agrees with the telecom, which I can't see how they would do, how they would do that considering all the scientific evidence, if the judge agrees with them, then you're at the same place that you were originally, right, with the approval, um, except that the city has said, sided with the residents and said, we don't want it. So I think that they're at less likely of a chance of being sued if they go ahead and deny it because they actually made an effort 
you know, to, to um, prevent harm to their residents. Then once, if it does get approved and put up, um, and we have, a lot of, we have a lot of ways to not have that happen on our website, Moms Across America, um, but if it does get approved and put up, again, you can, like Susie, you can get it turned off. And there is a possibility, depending on the location, of even getting the power turned down. And, um, and you know, eventually down the road, we believe there'll be more and more lawsuits suing for the harm from those facilities. So eventually it won't be financially viable for telecom companies to do this. And they'll see that, you know what, maybe fiber optics really is the best option because no health risks, you know, no EMF exposure, um, <clears throat> no fire hazards, no security hacks. You know, it's more secure, no inclement weather problems, you know, knocking over these poles and it can start fires, uh, birds landing on them can start fires. The, the poles actually expose the plants to high levels of radiation, which cause the plant to weaken and create more terpenes, which is, it's like terpine, like it's a, it's a flammable, makes them more highly flammable. So there's so many things about these facilities um, that are harmful to our, uh, our communities that um, I, I, I don't see that they're going to be a long-term solution at all. They're gonna, there's just going to be way too many lawsuits. And I, and I think the company, though, is because they've invested so much money in them, they're pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to get them all in right before these lawsuits happen so they can at least tell their shareholders, look, we did it. You know, we tried. Um, but in the shareholder meetings, they have right in a clause in there that they can't get insurance for this technology because of the health risks. So they have already taken that step of informing their shareholders that we know that this is dangerous and we know that there could be lawsuits. It's, it's actually in the wording of the shareholder meetings. We know that there could be lawsuits. So they're trying to cover their you know, rear ends and, and say like, look, we know this could happen, but we're going forward with it anyway. That's, that's fascinating. And I think that this really points to don't wait, don't wait until all the infrastructure is in because now they've invested millions of dollars in your city's infrastructure. And so they've just got more investment to protect. The earlier you get involved, the better. And, and of course, like, you know, I'm going to try and keep it out of my little neighborhood here. And you've given me some really good ideas to go to my neighbors, but I'm going to start, even if it's just me and my letter from my functional medicine doctor, I'm going to go to them and say, if you put this in my, on my block, I will sue you. And, and, you know, like th that's not as good as serving them with a lawsuit. However, we got to remember, and I have a lot of confidence in this, and I'm a big fan of talking to people like one-on-one, -on -one, like a person, like a community member. You got to remember that the city council, the county council, they live here. They are, they are one of us. They are members of this community. They have two a one health problems in their family. And when you point out to them, if you have a conversation with them on the phone and our, our software that we're setting up not only lets you send a really articulate letter to them saying, I oppose this and I hold you accountable for the health problems that will roll out. If you're just going to, without even investigating this, put, put 5G through and let them set up towers on churches and schools. And the, there's 11 on the Smith's grocery store where we're, you know, like a mile from miles, there's 11 towers. Now there's 10 towers on the, on the golf course, but Having a, the first conversation you have with them saying, you know, give them benefit of the doubt, like, I bet you aren't aware of this. I bet you aren't aware that there's over 8,000 published studies about the harm to humans and animals and plant life from electromagnetic frequencies uh, from, from telecom. And now we're going to 5G. Now we're 100Xing it. So like, I, I wonder, like, do, can I give you some sources and we will put some sources down below, but it'll be in the letter that you can click, but you, we're also going to have it so that you can leave a, a voice message 
Well, we did all the homework. We have the phone number in there and you can leave a voice message. We got little tips for here's the, the bullet points of what you want to leave in that voice message. We have in there that you can, you know, do a one minute video. And here's the bullet points we would talk about. Send it to us. We'll put it on social media. We'll send it to your to your council members. So these are the kinds of things that when you're talking about a local decision, the hopeful thing here to me, and I think there's a lot of hope here, is that when you are talking to local councils like city council, county council, they live in your town. They have to then face the fear that their next door neighbor or three people they go to church with are going to be leveling a class action lawsuit at them personally, as well as the city for their actions. Yes. And, and also they're not going to be happy with them and they live in their town. It's their business. Most of these city council members and planning commissioners own businesses. They're real estate agents, right? They're involved in their community. The mayors of course are very entrenched in the community. So, you know, and, and my experience was they don't want this either, but they just need support from the community to say, that we don't want this either. And we need you to work your tail off to find a way to be able to deny, to deny this. And some cities like Los Altos, have de they've denied 13 applications and they have not been sued. So it can be done, but you need to educate them about how they can do it. And on our website, momsacrossamerica.org, if you click on action and stop 5G grids, we have letters from lawyers. We have 10 talking points where you can use their three minutes each so you can be prepared with 10 people to go to your city council meeting and use all of these different 10 points that give them the tools to be able to say no. And there's a lot of different steps that, um, a different angles, perspectives where they can say no, you know, based on, um, you know, for instance, like not being able, not proving a gap in coverage. They're not supposed to be able to put these in unless they can prove a gap in coverage. You know, things like, is it the best location? Is it really the least obtrusive most essential location. Well, most of the times, no, it could be going, it could go somewhere else. So they can deny and deny, right? Do they have insurance? Why would a city want to install, install any technology without insurance? Deny, 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 right? There are, there are lots of ways that they can deny this. And eventually, if your city denies long enough, they'll be like, ah, that city's too much of a pain in the butt because it costs, it's costing them too much money to attempt to install in your city and they will go away but not unless you speak up. And one of the important things that you, you need to do right away in order to be able to speak up about this is to ask your planning commissioners, this is, this is what I found, it hasn't been the city council, it's been the planning commissioners for the exact addresses of the current and pending locations of any wireless telecommunication facilities. That will mean small cells or what they call DOS nodes, which is the uh, antennas, ask them for the exact addresses and they have to give them to you. They may require you to fill out a FOIA, a Freedom of Information Act, just for the record. So just go ahead and do that. And, um, and they, will, they have to give you those addresses. Once you have those addresses, those are your targets for your, that, that letter that you said that you've you know, printed out. Um, you can also get a letter on 5gcrisis.com. I think we also have one on our website, Moms Across America. Um, and you get, take that letter and go to those neighbors, knock on the door, let them know about this, have a conversation, or just leave it under their doormat, doormat and let them know there will be a, a four slash 5G small cell facility constantly radiating, you know, radiation installed within a few hundred feet of your home. If you want to do something about this, right, contact me, go to the next meeting, find out when the next meeting is. It's most likely going to be remote right now, but go to the next meeting, submit a comment before I think it's five o'clock on that day to be read at the hearing and or the public hearing or the city council meeting. And, and get involved because if we don't speak up, 
it's, it's, they're going to go in. And, and I did that, for instance, there was one going up outside of a post office and I saw a postman and I just asked him, do you know about this? I gave him a couple letters. The last time I heard that pole is being moved. Those, the post office does not want it near them. So things like that can delay the process long enough to have them perhaps eventually not install in your town at all. And there's a couple of lawsuits that are happening right now in, um, I think, Circuit 9 in California and a couple other places that may change the whole game. So the goal is to delay long enough so that when these lawsuits are decided upon, um, that could change the ruling. Like, for instance, give back local authorities the ability to say no to technology. Right now, they've preempted us, and it's very difficult for local municipalities to say no to this technology. But if we regain that right, then the whole game changes, right? Everything changes. So the goal really is to have your city delay any approval process for any applications for the next six months. Really, really important. Within okay. that amount of time, things should change. So that's a that's a first. That's your first goal is to get them to delay. Yes, the first goal is not to have them change the. I mean, you can work on changing the ordinance at the same time, and you can ask for things like a 500 foot setback. But in my experience, the people, the cities that I've seen do that, pretty soon 500 feet becomes 100 feet or becomes 30 feet. It's like you're getting on the football field with them and you're running for 500 feet and they push you back to 100 feet and then pretty soon you're at 30 feet. You're playing their game with them. I would say, don't even play that game and say, look, just deny, deny, deny. And here's the reasons and just keep, keep just don't get on the field with them, right, to play. I would prefer an ordinance that says simply that any future telecommunication utilities go underground. That way you get rid of this entire issue altogether. And fiber optics is available. It is an option. Just keep pushing for safer, faster, more reliable, uh, more secure fiber optics. And, and it's more expensive for them. But in the long run, I think it's going to actually be less expensive for everybody because there won't be all these lawsuits happening. You know, it's, it's, that is, that's the goal is fiber optics underground and it is available to us. They just don't want to do it. And by the way, you may have a telephone company come around and try to pull out your cables, your copper cables from your homes. If you're a homeowner, they um, tried to do that and already, and I've had to say no twice to them, not don't let them pull out your, your the cables and the, cop, the copper in your home. It is still useful, but if they take it away from you, it's not useful, right? Then you, you're going to be completely dependent on wireless. Interesting. Okay, so what you're what you're hoping for is an ordinance that forces the city to put all uh, cables underground, fiber optics. Yeah, yeah. So, and and the stand the basis for that is that really the four G that we have for wireless right now is sufficient, and if people want upgrades to that, they can hardwire, and it's way faster and it's safer. They can just buy that little forty dollar you know adapters and and cords and and, and hardwire and then this also gets rid of all of the surveillance, right? The data collection, unless you are basically, you know, signing up for it with hard, you know, hard wiring and allowing them to have access to your information. Yeah, people aren't realizing that like having a smart refrigerator or, you know, like the litter robot I have for my cat, I, I noticed that it it has a, a you know, a, a wireless component to it that it'll pop up and it'll tell me when I need to change the kitty litter. We don't, we don't need any of this. We don't need any of it. It doesn't make our lives better. So our internet goes a little faster. I don't think there's anybody who would listen to what you've just explained to us and think, you know what? I really am. I really am going to take a 600% higher chance of cancer so I can have my internet be a little faster. You know, nobody in their right mind is going to, and I want to tell anybody listening to this, 
very important, and I have a feeling you're going to back me up on this. Do not assume that anybody in your city is doing anything about this. Do not assume there is any activism going on from individuals because listen, I mean, you got Green Smoothie Girl. I've been out there. I've written 16 books. I go and knock down brick walls all day, every day. You know, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know, like I'm suing the state of Utah right now. I have two constitutional law attorneys that are suing the state of Utah for all the businesses they shut down, even though it didn't even affect my business. My business is in the ethernet or is in the cloud. Uh, Listen, I hadn't done anything about it yet. And I've lived here for 20 months. I've been meaning to, but I didn't really know what to do. I hadn't run into your content yet. So Ryan Sternagel beat me to it. Well, he's motivated. He has a seven-year-old who was diagnosed with stage four cancer when he's one. And he goes to school right over here near where our tower is. And, and, and now we're learning that they put towers on schools. So listen, you got you to gotta plug into what Zen is teaching here because she's just so articulate and, and she talks about these scientific concepts that are really simple. And you got to get this stay of execution for six to nine months while they study it. Ask them to wait. Just ask them to wait, right? Now you haven't asked them to solve the whole problem or say yes or no to telecom. Slow it down and and realize that you probably will be the first one to organize for your city. You have opportunity to be a hero to your family, to others, to make a difference. Uh, but even more importantly, like you just got to start. You got to put up a, a Facebook page. And, you know, I know Ryan was really frustrated because he's like, Robin, you run these you run these huge, highly active groups and, and it just, and it's so effortless. And I was like, or he he says, it seems so effortless. And I was like, listen, I know there's only 140 people from our County on this Facebook page. So start a Facebook page and don't expect that a week from now, you're going to have all these mobilized people doing stuff. I mean, I, I think he's probably pretty frustrated because he wrote this big letter to the city council. He has called and spent an hour on the phone with one of them. And that's about as far as he's gotten. And then he's told us about it on the Facebook page. But you got to be the one. You have to be the one who mobilizes. And, I bet, and I'm sure you'll have comments on this. I'm going to give you back the mic here. But you got to be the one. Don't expect that everybody in the county is suddenly going to be on your Facebook page. That This is marketing, right? You that Marketing doesn't work like that. It's you know, you just, you chip away at it. It is a long play. Like this is not going to be, you write a letter to the city council and we're done. This is going to be. Yes. And you're exactly right. When, when I learned about this, it was because uh, one of our funders for Moms Across America uh, has a home in a nearby city. <clears throat> and he said, there's going to be a meeting there. And there's actually going to be the first meeting is going to be in, an, in a different city nearby. So go to that meeting so you can find out about what's going on before you go to another meeting, right? So it's really good to go to the, the meeting, the city council meetings for other cities if this is already being proposed and, and being discussed in other cities. And once I went to that meeting, I was so disturbed. I called my city and found out that the next week was going to be the first hearing for two applications in my city. And I looked around and nobody knew about, nobody I knew, knew about it. And I was like, oh man, I run this national nonprofit. All I do is activate. There's like nobody else on this. Really? Can't somebody else handle this? I was like, no, you know what? It's going to be me. But I resisted that first week. I didn't start the Facebook page right away. So at my first meeting, I only had six people there besides me or including me. And so it was not a good showing, but we said the things that were, that were clear enough and we presented, you know, in a way I gathered up some information from the other websites, 5G crisis and EH trust is a really good one. And uh, we were articulate enough and we spoke to them with partnership. We really acknowledged them for the, the work they're doing. And they really got that, you know, this is not what they want. Two of them actually had worked for telecom companies before, one for Sprint and one for at t So I thought we were screwed, but no, they know exactly what's going on. 
And so only six of us presented. And then after I thought, okay, I got to start a Facebook group. So I started the Stop 5G Mission Viejo group in a Stop 5G Orange County. I'm getting connected with people in my county and all across my state. And we're talking and strategizing now where we have weekly calls. And um, you know, California Issues Reform is really good about that and 5G Free California. So connect with your state groups, but know that you need to take action locally because you need to show up at your city commissioner meetings. You need to show up at your city council meetings if it gets to that. In my area, the city it goes to the city commissioners first. If they deny it, it will go to the city council. They'll get like a second chance. But if they approve it, it just happens. The city council doesn't even have to know about it or discuss it. These 5G polls will just start going up all over the city. Yeah, what, what Ryan found is that nobody on the city council had any idea that there was a health impact. That's how, that's how this happens. That's, that's exactly what they are planning on. And they will say that this technology is completely safe according to FCC standards. And that statement is so false, I can't even, I can't, well, I will describe. It's because, first of all, they're not standards, they're guidelines. And second of all, when those guidelines were made 20 years ago, they didn't include any health impact, right. any environmental impact. So there's no scientific basis for that statement at all. You, you want to hear something crazy? Um, so I told you the, I've told you like the long and the short of everything that's happened in terms of citizen advocacy here in Park City, Utah, which is an amazing, um, you know, tourist town that is now going to, it's going to be a ghost town now because they shut down our economy. And even as Utah is restarting, and even though we're a Republican state, we're still, we're still shut down. Um, but I told you the whole long and short of it. There's not much to it of what we've done so far, which is not a whole lot. But we we got a letter like no, I didn't, but on our little Facebook page, and this is why these pages are so powerful, even though it all doesn't happen overnight. One of the Park City residents said, hey, I just got this letter from the county. And I think it was an email. I think it might have been an email from the county. I mean, there's only 10,000 people who live in this county. And the email laid out, you're not gonna believe this, it laid out and said, we are rolling out 5G and there is no study ever done that proves that it's safe for your health. Wow. The letter says that. It says that. Somebody in the county knows to tell the residents, we don't know if this is safe for you. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a legal CYA. That's a cover your ass right there. I don't even think I don't even think they covered their ass. They just basically I mean, kind of because they're just like, we're not trying to tell you it's safe. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. But it's also leaving themselves wide open for us to hold them accountable. Yes. They, that also could be a cry for help. Like, hey, guys, yeah. uh, you need to speak up about this if you want something to happen, because they feel that legally they can't. That's what we keep hearing from city council members is our hands are tied because the FCC laws and you know all of that will get sued if, if we say no. So what they need to hear from is 300 people in your city council meeting. We'll sue you too if we're hurt by this. Yes, yes, and, and, and that those lawsuits will be much more impact, impactful. I mean, let's take, for instance, the Monsanto lawsuits where a couple willingly purchased Roundup and used it in their backyard and both of them got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma from a, from a product that they chose to use, right? Mm -hmm. But they sued, they sued Monsanto and won $2 billion because that product didn't say on it, warning could cause cancer. Mm -hmm. And Monsanto knew that it could. Mm -hmm. Now, what we're talking about here is our city willingly allowing these tele, the, well, we're being told they're being forced to allow these telecom companies to come in and it's 
forcibly expose us to technology which has been proven to be harmful 24 hours a day to children, elderly, pregnant women. There are so many studies to show pregnant women exposed to this can have children that are deformed. It, it's, it is terrifying. It's, it is completely insane that they are allowing this. And the head of the FCC is a former Verizon um, CEO or you know, head, head, head person. He has gone ahead and said, we don't have time for safety standards. We're, we're going for, we are going to be leaders in this because they see it as a power play that they need to have up and running before China. They're thinking about world global power and who's, you know, so they, they don't care about the health impact to an autoimmune compromised 14 year old girl that's 12 feet away from one of these poles. They don't care that a family in San Francisco within three days had to move out of their million dollar house, right? Because there was a pole right six feet away from their kid's bedroom. And within three days, they were experiencing health effects. They don't care that Susan in San Francisco has a pole 12 feet outside of her bedroom and now has a fast growing uh, tumor that she just got operated on and was, is recovering from in her brain, right? They, they, don't, they don't care about these individual people. That's, that's called collateral damage for them. What they're thinking about is world power, world domination, being able to have these satellites that are all connected and that we do this faster than China. And, and just remember, you know, that's not who we're up with, against. We don't have to go, you know, initiate legal action against these mega billion dollar companies that Bill Gates is invested in, et cetera. We have to go to people who are unpaid, elected or appointed civil servants because the planning commission, nobody pays them. I've been a planning commissioner. City council, they ran for office. But these these are not people... Um, you know, with big government paychecks, they're people just like you and me, and they don't want the harm to their family. I guarantee you, this is what I was going to say before, 201, they all have a health issue in their family that when you point out that endocrine disruption, hormone disorders, uh, cardiac events, stroke, heart attack, all kinds of cancers, especially leukemia, brain cancers also, you know, you just say a few things, they, they all have someone they're related to who is, whose, whose lives are, are, uh, destroyed by by one or more of these things. And so, you know, we need to have start having the conversations. Set aside an hour in your day, five days a week for two weeks to take action on this. And guess what? You will be the leader in your community doing this. This isn't, none of this is super hard. You just have to be like a bulldog. Like you got to be like Zen. You got to be like me, like you just chip away at it. And, and a week later, like this amazing contact comes into your life and you have this amazing new friend that you wouldn't have known in the community comes together with you. Like you have two former telecom employees that are part of your volunteers. That's exciting and amazing. Yes. Right? And, and it takes a few minutes to start a Facebook page. Um, it takes just a minute or two. By the way, if you post on Nextdoor, which I recommend, be very careful about your wording because my posts oh, yeah. have been getting deleted and my account was blocked. If you had all seen Soapboxy, um, then it can come across as something that they can delete. So um, I would just notify people of the hearing happening. And if you want to know more about this issue, you know, attend this meeting. Or if you want to know more, sign up on my, you know, the Facebook page or whatever. I don't know if that'll work or not. But um, you want to rally people in your local community because you need those people. And, and, and the flyers going to the, the areas where those, at, where those polls are going to be put up, those are going to be your strongest allies because they won't want that poll put up next to their house and those will be the people that will take action and join your Facebook group and sign your petition and, you know, and all of that. And, and once you start getting vocal about this, you're simply supporting your city commissioners to say, no, you're in partnership with them. So do not see them as the enemy. I love that you mentioned it. You know, they're just like us. They have businesses here too. 
we are working in partnership with them. And if you want a lawyer, by the way, it's, I think it's very important to get a lawyer with, in some cases because the city attorney might be um, alternately educated, right? By may, perhaps telecom. And the city attorney may not be working in your favor uh, of, of the residents. So you may need to get a lawyer. And on our website, momsacrossamerica.org, under actions, we have a page called Lawyer Up. And uh, there are a few lawyers that we recommend there for various topics. Um, and, but you could, I'm sure there's many other lawyers in addition to what we have there and feel free to um, suggest them. But it, I think it's important in many cases to get a lawyer and a, a letter from a lawyer to your city attorney and to your planning commissioners can often seem much more impactful than just you know, a resident complaining about something. So do consider that, that, that that's a possibility as well. And, and there are cities like Sacramento, uh, that have fundraised for it. They just do a GoFundMe and they say, listen, we need $5,000 and we need people to chip in 10, 20, $100 and this lawyer is going to fight for us. That's a really important strategy to, to implement if you start coming up against resistance with your city council. Like, like if they, they want to approve, right? Or if it is going up or they don't, they, they don't listen to you. If, you. if you have city council members that aren't listening to you, you may need to do that quickly. Yeah, and when you start talking about them, you know, their names and the conversations you had with them, uh, they care for all the reasons we've talked about that they're members of the community too. Um, I don't know that I would start right out with putting them on the, uh, the citizen action committee that you start a page for on Facebook, but, um, you know, cause you want to talk freely and get everybody educated and we don't necessarily want to do that in front of them. You don't want, yeah, that's really just the res for the, the local residents. Yeah. Yeah. Then your, your outreach goes from there. Don't put your elected officials or even the planning commission who are appointed by the mayor, by the way. Um, if it's if it's the same everywhere that it is in Utah, um, don't put them in your group because then you will not be able to speak freely when you're actually just asking questions and and learning. But um, getting started on these resources, don't be overwhelmed. This is all doable. Regular citizens, many of whom are not community leaders and are not, you know, I mean, like they're going to listen to you, Zen, and they're going to be like, you're, you know, you're brilliant and you have a lot of experience in this, but you didn't until you did. Right. Yeah. No, I have no former training for doing what I'm doing. I was a fashion designer and a business owner before this. I was not a marketing person. I was not a not I've never been, you know, educated in running a nonprofit or and I did not want to be an activist. Believe me, I thought activists were too much patchouli and were had too much time on their hands. <laughs> not interested in being an activist, but I am interested in protecting my children and I'm not interested in moving. I'm not interested in mandates of anything. I'm not interested in toxins and poisons in my food. So, you know, my mission now is to enable community leaders to be global game changers. And that is local actions. Local actions will protect our communities. It'll protect our health and it'll create a future for our children that we can all be proud of. And I believe that anybody can do this. You don't have to have a background in public speaking or training in leadership or anything like that, you do what you, you, works best for you. For some people, that's the letter writing. For some other people, it's the data collecting, right? For other people, it is the public speaking. For other people, it's baking the cookies to bring to the city council members once we can eventually get out and about to them, right? We can all do things that make a difference and, and uh, working together, we can all contribute. And I would just ask that when you start working together with other people to be respectful and to be um, helpful and compassionate and know that we are all scared right now. We are all scared. There is some crazy stuff going on and people are going to be fearful and react in fearful ways. And uh, you know how they say hurt people hurt people? Yep. Well, afraid, scared people 
do things that can be scary too. And so we've got to be compassionate about that and realize that if somebody says, oh, we should do it this way. And another person says, we should do it this way. Well, maybe you should both do it both ways, right? Rather than fighting with each other about doing it one way. I tend to think that when you shine a light as being a former artist, when you shine a light, like for instance, on a ball, if I wanted to disappear the shadows around this ball and shine the light and expose everything so that the truth is available to all of us, you need to shine that light from all sides, not just one side, right? So you want to use different angles, different, uh, different ways and to, uh, to address this issue, to expose the truth of what's going on and, um, and empower people to take actions and empower your city council and your city commissioners to say no to this. And you can, I am, I'm so clear that we can keep this out of our cities and um, earlier you asked me about like, where do you see this, you know, maybe a, a year from now? Well, I see, especially because we're moms across America, moms co-ops organizing and connecting locally and groups in, in every single city and town across America, groups of moms, because, you know, they're the backbones of our society, our birthday parties, our sporting events, our churches, our schools, the homework, the doctor's appointments, right? These moms connecting and coordinating locally so that they know whenever there's a new, um, a new some, a, the 5G pole that might be elect, erected at, outside their schools or vector control spraying might be happening locally or uh, Roundup being sprayed in their city streets, like all of these local things which impact their health, they will be able to inform the local residents about that and invite them to get involved and to take action. So that's what I wanna see. I wanna see moms co-ops formed across the country working with other groups, with 5G groups, health freedom groups, slow food groups, master gardener groups, right? Empowering these local communities to, to have local um, food security, to have you know, gardens everywhere growing their own food, to have, um, to, to have weighing in and a voice and all the local issues about spraying chemicals and all those different issues that impact you know, in 5G and water pollution, air pollution, all of that. We need to get organized right now locally, especially with all the censorship going on in Facebook. There, they, there's a group in UK around 5G, I think it was 60,000 members gone like that. Do they have emails for each other? Are they, do they have a way to contact each other? If not, we need to get going on that now. All of us need to organize and get connected with our neighbors right now. Yeah, um, brilliant ideas, lots of words. There's a lot going on in this conversation. So down below in the show notes, we'll have the links to everything uh, that Zen has said. I do want to give you a, a little tip. Anyone listening who's thinking about, gosh, I guess I'm going to have to get involved. I'm not, don't put those labels on yourself. I'm not a community organizer. I'm not this. I've never done that. Doesn't matter. Um, but I do want to say that if you are organizing it, when I was about 30 years old, there was no neighborhood watch and like two of my neighbors got broken into, even though we were, you know, like a not a low crime city, two of my neighbors got broken into. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to organize neighborhood watch. And I, it was, I was young and it was, I was new to doing things like that. And I was at, you know, I went and got like the neighborhood watch stickers for people's windows. And I was like going to get captains all over the city and, and do, do all this thing. And <laughs> and I was calling, I was like looking at all the people I knew and I was like, well, she only has two kids in Utah. That's not very many, but she only has two kids and she's a homemaker. I'm going to ask her because she has time. Somebody told me, and it was one of those brilliant things I've ever heard. And I, I have kept that in my head to this day, you know, 25 years later, the, all those people let me down, all the people that I looked at and was like, they have time on their hands. 
somebody at the city said, no, 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 no. The reason you're frustrated is that you're going to the people that you think have time. You go to the PTA president with eight kids who's also a leader in her church community. You go to the people who look so busy, they are the ones who get it done. Listen, 20% of the people get 80% of the work done. So make sure that you talk to, don't rule out uh, the people who are busy. Don't think that way. It was one of the best tips I had ever heard. So. Absolutely. The busiest people are the people that get the most done. And I had a volunteer coordinator tell me, uh, we have found that the person who has the idea is usually the best person to champion it. So usually it's you. <laughs> yes, usually. But you can ask for partnership in, in getting something done. I highly suggest that you do that as well. Buddy up with somebody. Don't take it on all yourself. But also don't stop yourself from doing something about this because you don't have another partner yet. Get going right now. Just send that email to your city council. Find out what the addresses are for the current and pending locations of wireless telecommunication facilities. Start, get that flyer, download it. it. takes a few minutes and start passing it out to your neighbors. Take action right now because once these things go up, it is very, very difficult to get them turned off or taken down. Very difficult. And then you're looking at moving. Yeah. The the sooner the better, the sooner the better that you can get on this. And everyone go to, it's Moms Across America is your podcast. Am I right, Zen? So my podcast is called Unstoppable with Zen Honeycutt. My website is momsacrossamerica.org or our website. It's a nonprofit. And my book is Unstoppable with Zen by Zen Honeycutt as well. Unstoppable. It's on, available on Amazon. It's also available in Japanese for the Japanese friends. And, and I want you guys to go to her podcast. I mean, you're already in a podcast app right now, right? I want you to go to her podcast, Unstoppable by Zen Honeycutt, and give her some rate and reviews. She deserves some love. You can see how much work is in, in this. Um, this work we do, like podcasting, it doesn't make us any money, right? Um, so like, go give her a rate and review for all of the ways that she's served you right now. She's uh, looks to be newish on the on the podcasting. And so make sure, and while you're there, give me a good rate and review too, if you haven't already. So thank you so much. And thank you, Zen. You are an absolute goddess. I appreciate everything that you've shared with us today and all the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you, Robin. It really has been a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today. And thank you to all your listeners. Thanks so much. So, hey, everyone, I hope that you loved that interview like I did. I learned so much from Zen Honeycutt. Uh, let me read you uh, the letter. This is one of the letters that with a click of a button, you'll be able to send to your council members. I wrote this letter. I wrote all of them. But I just want to give you a sense of the fact that you don't have to be up to speed on every issue here. Um, and every resource that you would want to give your city councilman to be able to send this. You ready? Here we go. Dear council, I'm writing to you with great concern for the health of individuals and families in our county for the planned rollout of 5G wireless service and the massive increase in electromagnetic fields or EMF that that will cause. Thousands of PhDs, MDs, and other health professionals have formally registered their concerns that 5G will amplify levels of EMF already shown to cause harm exponentially through petitions such as 5gspaceappeal.org and 5gappeal.eu to governments throughout the world. Human beings are made up of electromagnetic fields and over 8,000 published studies show harm to human and animal life due to exposure to chaotic radiation from unnatural man-made frequencies. 5G is in the 28 to 300 gigahertz range, representing orders of magnitude higher exposure for everyone in the city where 5G has rolled out than has ever been experienced before with 2G, 3G, and 4G. 
These frequencies are highly disruptive to healthy human frequencies, and many experts warn of potential hormone disruption, autoimmune disease, cancer risk, mental health problems, dizziness, tinnitus, rashes, trouble sleeping, anxiety disorders. The higher bandwidth of 5G is good for the telecom industry, but it isn't good in any way for humans or for the cities who then assume the liability for the damage to the population they represent. As our city rolls this out, they do so with absolutely no testing whatsoever by the telecom industry to prove to us that this is safe. They admitted that to a congressional committee that they have done no safety studies at all. If you are unaware of the risks of chaotic radiation and you have approved the rollout of 5G, it's time to stop and examine this decision before telecom has invested millions in this town and you later decide the toll on human health is unacceptable and you want to roll it back. We need a six to nine month moratorium while you study this issue. And you can't get away from 5G once it's rolled out. For instance, a colleague of mine hired some EMF experts to test her home. And when they were done, she sent them to a site locally where 10 5G towers had been installed. Within 50 yards of the building and all around the building, the electrical and magnetic fields maxed out the meter. Their sophisticated metering detected dangerously high EMF and 15 unsuspecting employees work in that building and are now subjected to massive cancer risk. We called the manager of that facility who had no awareness of any health risk of 5G towers being installed there. Introduce high-powered, constantly emitting man-made frequencies into our natural fields is cavalier and irresponsible. Are you okay with taking such huge risks with your family's life? We aren't either. Sincerely, your name. So if by the time you get to the website, that's ready to go, you can jump in and, and click your sending this letter. Uh, also post to their social media pages for your city council. However, in the meantime, if you get there and we do not have it fully built out yet, just make sure you sign up on our mailing list so that you know when we're ready at takeactionforfreedom.com. I'll see you next time.